my worst enemy The flesh that's covering me Brings me down to my knees Welcome to Sermons in the Park a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Now, right off the bat, I know you saw that thumbnail, so you know what this one's about. You saw the title before you clipped on it. So I know that you already know what this is about. And I, I just want to say right off the bat, I really enjoy doing episodes. Um, the ones that we've been doing where we discuss these different religions, such as Mormonism, um, the Muslims, and Jehovah's Witnesses, and all that stuff. So I thought it would be cool to do something that um, people used to think that I was a part of. You see, when I was a teenager, and I... Being from Louisiana, especially a little town like Jonesville, everyone went to church. And it was hard to meet somebody in my hometown who did not go to church. So when I would tell my friends or whoever that I attended the Church of God, they all would like gasp and be surprised. Because the Church of God that I attended was small. It was mostly old folks. And... Yeah, so not a lot of the teenagers knew what that church was, and they thought that the Church of God handled snakes. And, of course, I would tell them, no, no, we did not do that, you know. Um, And for you people from up here in the north, yeah, I may be from the south, but no, 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 no. I, I never attended a church that handled snakes. So let's talk about that, shall we? Let's answer, you know, some questions. Questions like, is snake handling in the Bible? Uh, can any Christian handle a snake without being harmed? You see, this modern snake handling ritual that we have going on, that, that started in the Appalachian Mountains, and it was started by a man named George Hensley. Now, George Hensley based it off of a literal interpretation of Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, which read this. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You see, he took that little interpretation that he had and he presented it as a practice to a, uh, a church called a Holy, Holiness Movement Church. And he did this around sometime in 1910. Um, that same church, this Holiness Movement Church, they later ordained him, uh, making him a minister in 1915. Uh, he served that church for about seven years uh, before he then left that church and he started uh, the very first Pentecostal church ever to require all of its members to handle snakes as a as a sign of proof that they had converted. Uh, 
like I said, they believe that Mark chapter 16, verse 18 should be taken literally. They look at that verse and they believe that Jesus is promising them that the serpent will not harm them during worship services because, you know, they're Christians. You see the problem here? When you look at the history of these churches, you know, taking up venomous snakes, that contradicts that, that very interpretation. There have been many people who have died during those services. There's a famous Christian uh, singer and comedian that I like to listen to. And he tells this story about where he attends one of these churches. And he says that when he entered uh, the church, there were pictures on the wall of people in their caskets. And he says that he, he later is talking to the preacher and he asks, you know, why are there pictures of people on the wall in their caskets? You know, and the preacher answers him, telling him that these were people who were in the church who took up the serpent, but he says lost, the preacher says they lost their faith. Now think about this. Even the father of this very practice, George Hensley himself, he died in 1955 from a bite. One story that I remember reading about early in my ministry was about this evangelist who in 1988 took up a timber rattlesnake only to be bitten and die during the church service. You know, that, that's bad enough. But when you think, when you get to studying it, his own wife died from a bite only three years before that. You would think that these services, you know, as we've gotten further along, would have died out by now. But no. In 2012, there was a Pentecostal service that was held outside. And the preacher, he, he took up the serpent only to be bitten and die. And one of the more famous ones that you might have already heard about was in 2014. Uh, there was this uh, preacher named Jamie Coots. Um, he was in a show called Snake Salvation, and he died from a bite. <clears throat> I found an article by the Discovery Channel. They, they were talking about his death. And they said that um, there have been over hundreds of deaths in the snake handling churches. That verse in Mark, Mark chapter 16, and I guess, you know, to a lesser extent, also Luke chapter 10, verse 19, are the only verses that they can use to justify this. The two verses that we see in Mark are, of course, part of that final instruction, which, which we call the Great Commission. We read in Mark chapter 15, and then we'll reread 17 and 18 as well, but Mark chapter uh, 16, verse 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. And then in verses 17 and 18 again, he says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. And my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it, should, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I want you to notice 
after Jesus tells his disciples that they have the authority to preach the gospel and baptize, he then tells them in verse 16, these signs shall follow those who believe, right? They, they look at those signs and they see where it says that they will not be harmed by snakes or poison. And if, and, and of course, you know, the gift of healing as well, but you see, when you look at verse 18 and you take it as proof saying that it guarantees that a Christian will not be harmed when they quote unquote, take up the snake, no matter what the circumstances are, you got to realize you're going against sound teaching that we are not to tempt God. When you look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God, and ye shall, or I'm sorry, as ye tempted him in Massa. Okay? And then in Matthew chapter 4, verse 7, we read Jesus say this, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And then, if you look at Luke chapter 4, verse 12, And Jesus answered, said unto him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now I'm going to give you one even better. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9. It says this, Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. You see, if we're walking through the woods or some tall grass, when I, when I was uh, living in Shreveport, it has been years ago, we we uh we our backyard got overgrown and we had a bad issue with copperheads and i was coming back and this copperhead snake my my uh brother yelled out and i jumped out of the way but if you if you're walking through some tall grass and you come on a, a poisonous snake like that and you're saved by god that that's one thing okay we also see that happen with Paul in Acts chapter 28, verses 3 to 6. We read there. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. <clears throat> and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, thou he, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they look when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked for a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their mind and said he was a God. It's one thing for something like that to happen. Okay. Because that shows God didn't let the snake harm him. But it's another thing altogether for you to knowingly reach down and pick up a deadly rattlesnake, okay? You're tempting God, which we're told not to do. So no, it's not. Those things, that's just something I, I, in my opinion, I suggest you stay way away from. Don't get yourself involved in something like that. <coughs> so... This is a little short one. Just thought it would be fun to do. So, um, 
I want to thank you all for joining me here. I pray the Lord continues to bless and keep each and every one of you, and I'll see you all soon. God bless you, and I love you. You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening. There's joy for the morning, sinner be still. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. So lay down.